This is Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder? Hey, welcome to Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder? I'm Molly Stillman, and this is a podcast where I sit down with a different guest each week and have raw, funny, often brutally honest conversations about the things that matter most. Faith, business, life, and everything in between where we each learn how to be good stewards of the things we've been entrusted with, even our stories, and how we can use those things to serve others and leave our families, our friendships, and our communities a little better than we found them. I want to create a space where people are unafraid to be themselves and unafraid to ask the questions the rest of us are thinking. My goal is to make you laugh, cry, and laugh till you cry. My guest this week is the incredible Sharon Janes. She is an international speaker and the best-selling author of over 25 books with nearly 1 million sold. She is a powerful voice in the global faith community. She was formerly the vice president of Proverbs 31 Ministries and co-host of their radio program. And Sharon knows the topics that are important to Christians. Her newest book is Praying for Your Child from Head to Toe, a 30-day guide to powerful and effective scripture-based prayers. She places the focus squarely on an evergreen topic, which is our children. And in this book and in this conversation today, we are talking all about how parents, grandparents, family friends of anyone who is involved in a child's life, how to use the words of scripture to pray powerfully and purposefully over our children. Let me tell you, we get really deep in this conversation and Sharon actually goes through the 16 different parts of how to pray over your children from head to toe. But this is really a formula. I don't even know if I want to say formula, but a system for praying for people in your life from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. This was such a needed conversation for me, and I pray that it is impactful for you. So I'm going to get out of the way and without further ado, get right to my conversation with the incredible Sharon Janes. Well, today is a very exciting day. I have the incredible Sharon Janes on the show. Sharon, thank you so much for being here. You are welcome. Welcome. I, I just re- realized we live really close to each other. I could have just tootled on over there. I know. I know. That would have been way more fun. We could have <laughs> we could have sat on my front porch. We could have had iced tea. I don't know. I don't drink iced tea, but that's what I think you're supposed to do. Um, well, it's so nice to meet you. And of course, a fellow. Oh, she. for those that can't see, she's got the Chick-fil-A cup. Is that iced tea? <laughs> that's iced tea. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Either this or an IV. I could IV it in my veins. I love it. Fantastic. Okay. (laughs) Real quick, just off the top of the the, the break here. uh, Have you had (laughs) the new pimento cheese jalapeno sandwich situation at Chick-fil-A? No. (gasps) No, But I I buy that in the little buckets full at Costco, the pimento cheese, Costco, palmetto cheese. That's like my favorite thing to put on a cracker. Sharon. Okay. You are a pimento cheese person. So I am now on a personal mission to make this like a permanent (laughs) menu item at Chick-fil-A. And so I've been like, (laughs) I'm like on a campaign because it's, you know, for a limited time only, but it is a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Now you can choose your chicken breast. You can get grilled, you can get spicy, or you can get regular. I highly recommend the spicy. Um, And so it gets the filet with pimento cheese on top, a honey butter situation, and then jalapenos. My kid Mm -hmm. doesn't like spicy, so she gets the regular sans jalapenos with just pimento cheese and honey butter. It's fantastic. I think I got saved again the first time I took a bite. It's God's chicken all in a sandwich. It's amazing. (laughs) And I want to say, they did not pay us for this. (laughs) No, they did not. This commercial. So This is free. um, Yeah, yeah, this is free and it's for your own good. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, highly recommend. Uh, You should let me know once you try it because it, I, yeah. I remember I uh, texted my husband and I was like, hey, I'm out and they have this new sandwich. Do you want me to pick you up one? He was like, yeah, sure. And I brought it home for lunch and he took one bite and he was like, can you go out and get me another one? (laughs) 
Cute. Um, anyway, okay, well, we were not, uh, you know, meaning to talk about Chick-fil-A to start, but here we are. Uh, that's how we've started the show. Anyway, Sharon, I'm so excited to get to know you. Um, I have been a big fan of your work, and I was going to tell you kind of how I got introduced to you before you give me the Sharon 101. Um, so there is a sweet woman um, in my church who a couple, I don't know, but maybe a year or so ago that she first mentioned your books. And anyway, she she talked about this book that she has been reading every single month since 2017. And that is your book, Praying for Your Husband from Head to Toe. And um, so she has shared that her husband does not know the Lord yet. Um, not yet. He does not yet know the Lord. And um, she is just one of the most faithful women in prayer that I've ever met in my life. And she has talked about how your that book of praying for your husband from head to toe really is what transformed her prayer life. Um, and knowing and believing um, that one day her husband's going to come to know the Lord. And um, she, but yeah, she does it faithfully every single month. And she's just so inspiring to me. And, um, and so when I actually, I told her, uh, this weekend that I was like, I'm interviewing, uh, Sharon James this week. And she was like, Oh my gosh, just tell her. Thank you. Like, um, and so anyway, I just, that's how I came to know you. And, and from there I started looking up your work and I just love the way that you teach or just, I guess, a shepherd almost, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, people into a life of just praying through the word and not overcomplicating it. And we don't um, like we so often do. And so anyway, I just say all that to say thank you for the work that you do. And um, I'm really excited to to learn more. So with that being said, uh, give us the Sharon 101. So who you are, mm. what you do and how you got to where you are. Goodness. Um, actually, my college degree is in dental hygiene. Isn't that fun? I love it. And, uh, <laughs> and then you you like live a life in ministry writing books. It makes total right. sense. I know. It just makes total sense. I mean, God just chooses the strangest people to do things. So if you <laughs> know God's chosen you, that means you were something strange about you. But um, started writing um, after my first child was born. I started reading a lot. Um, I didn't read a lot, actually, in high school was a major, majored in science and math. And when I started reading a lot, God just opened up a part of my brain that had really never been tapped into. Mm -hmm. And I loved studying the Bible, but had never, like I said, never read a whole lot. Then I started reading everything. My husband would come home and I'd have a, a book from the library from the young reader section. So I went, would get those books. I went back and got a high school reading list and read all the books that I had read the cliff notes for. <laughs> and I actually read them. Um, but then I started writing stories and took the stories in a file cabinet. And then I started writing Bible studies for my church and stuck those in a file cabinet. And after about 10 years, those file cabinets turned into many, many file cabinets. And I knew that God was calling me to put that in book form. Um, I helped start Proverbs 31 Ministries back in 1996 through 2006. I was vice president of Proverbs and a president for three years when Lisa had her third child to give her a break there. Um, but then quickly gave it back when she was ready. And um, But then I left in 2006 the running of it, the the leadership part of it. I still am at Proverbs as far as writing devotions and that kind of thing. But yeah. I felt like I needed to spend more time on writing and, and speaking and that kind of thing. So that's kind of how it all started. And um, that was 26 books ago. Wow. So yeah, a lot, a lot has happened um, after that initial start. So I love, love speaking at conferences. I love looking into women's faces. Um, but uh, I just love teaching the word of God. Oh, I love so that. That's, that's in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. So I have to ask, because if I don't ask, then I'll regret not asking. Um, were you, because I don't know what year she interned for Lisa, but were you there when Sharon Hottie Miller interned with yes. Lisa? Yeah. So Sharon is one of my best friends in the whole wide oh, world. Is she? And I just love uh, hearing this, her stories of when she interned with Lisa. And there's like this infamous story of, and I, I'm just going to give the Cliff's Notes version of she and, and Lisa had traveled to Texas, I believe, for this big, yep. like 5,000 arena. arena thing. Yeah. yeah. And then the like, arena, arena event. And with nobody 20 people. showed up. It was like 20 people, but then they 
like yeah. on the way to the airport got stranded on the side of the highway yes. and they had to like hitchhike with boxes of books and it's just yeah. the craziest wildest yep. story <laughs> and every time Sharon tells it I'm like what what happened this is so wild anyway so that's yep. that's my introduction yep. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the story well. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So, but one of the, you know, which is just amazing because I'm on book one, um, I'm writing book one right now. And so to hear from somebody who has written 26 is, makes my head hurt a little bit and just makes me want to go, congratulations. (laughs) That is amazing. I don't know how you do it because one is about to send me into an early grave. I'm just kidding. But one thing that I love so much about your books, like I said at the beginning, is just how much you use the word of God as your template, as your guidepost, and how you really walk people through using the word of God in their everyday lives that it's, you know, just as they go about, you know, uh, their, their days and as they're, um, you know, really getting into a habit of prayer. And so you've developed this kind of series, I guess you would call it a series of books, you know, about praying for your blank from head to toe. Um, can you kind of talk about where that series started? Because it is so, you know, there's so many praying for your, um, you know, children series and, and, you know, books on praying for different things in your life, which are all amazing and, and fantastic. Um, but I love the approach that you take of this idea of really covering the thing that you're praying for in your life from head to toe. Where did that come from? And where did, you know, how did God really begin to grow this seed of an idea in you? Well, I think the idea started when I would read books on praying for your husband or praying for your children. And there would be a lot of commentary about prayer and and how to pray, but there wasn't a lot of praying going on. Mm. So um, I remember walking into my mom's den one time and she, I said, what are you reading? She said, I'm reading a book on exercise. So I just started laughing. I said, you need to put the book down and take a walk. So <laughs> that's kind of not that, like you said, there's so many great books on praying for yeah people in your lives. But I wanted to do something different that wasn't a whole lot of commentary about the purpose of prayer, even though that is in the, the beginning of the book. But I wanted the focus of the book to be actually doing the work mm-hmm. and to be praying. So what you'll find is there are 30 days of praying over someone in 16 areas. And of course, the one we're talking about today is praying for your children. And that doesn't mean just little children. That's from birth to when they go off to college and while they're still in college. Um, so it's praying, covering that that person in prayer. And we talk about, we use that word covering. It's kind of a Christianese word, yeah. but uh, we are literally covering that person from the top, their mind and what they think about all the way down to their feet and the path they take. So I started that with my husband. And then four years later, I had a, a child and started doing that same process, you know, with my child. And still, I mean, the same pattern, I can, you can use this with anybody, really. But the the first two books are the praying for your husband and then now the, the praying for your child. That's kind of how it started, just wanting to have a, a book that's actually, we're going to be praying. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so, um, and just no, not knowing what to pray, you know, when you don't know what to pray, if you pray the the word of God, you're praying the will of God. So that's mm. that's always a good thing to pray. And it tells us in scripture that we are not fighting a, a, a battle of flesh and blood. And listen, when it comes to our kids, we are in a battle. Right. Because never before in the history of man have our kids been under attack like they are today. Yeah. I mean, we talk about school shootings and, you know, 167 school shootings since 2018. I'm like, when do we even start counting that, you know? Yeah. And um, then the suicide being the second leading cause of death with children, adolescents, and young adults yeah. between the age of 15 and 24. They're under so much stress today. And, what, what, you know, I grew up peer pressure. There's been peer pressure since Cain and Abel. I yeah, mean, there's yeah, all yeah. peer pressure. Yeah. But today it, it's just so different than it even is. when I was growing up because of social media. Right. And because of the internet. And it has just increased that that pressure exponentially of them comparing their insides to somebody else's outsides. And so all this that's going on in the world, the stress that they're they're under, and yet we know that the Bible tells us that our struggle's not against flesh and blood. 
Right. But against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And that's in that that scripture talking about put on the full armor of God. And then he also tells us, Paul tells us, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, and this is what I love, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, that that those two words, divine power, um, in the Greek, which is the original language of the New Testament, it, that word is dunamos, which is where we get dynamite. Mm. So dynamite's made from putting nitrogen and glycerin together. Boom, you got dynamite. So when we put prayer and the word of God together, we've got dynamite prayer. Oof. So so prayer is like the parent's superpower. Yeah. That's what I like to call it. And, um, you know, we cannot be everywhere at once with our kids, but God can. So we're going to be praying God's word to protect our children and fighting this spiritual battle for our kids. Yeah. And one of the things that I love so much about how you have crafted this is that this book is especially, you know, the praying for your child from head to toe book is really about showing parents, grandparents, um, you know, family, uh, friends. The reality is, is whether you have kids of your own or not, you have influence over children, you know, as a teacher, or if you volunteer um, in your community, if you volunteer at church. I mean, I think about the fact that, you know, my kids, a lot of the influence that they have in their lives comes from so many other adults in their lives, whether that is their teachers or, you know, the their coaches on uh, you know, their sports teams or, you know, the person that they take music lessons from or the, you know, the bus driver. I mean, there's so many other adults in their lives that are influencing them. And so whether you realize it or not, if you're listening right now, like you more than likely have influence over a child. And so to be able to use that influence for good, and especially, you know, I mean, I was a high school teacher for a couple of years. And I think about the fact that many of the students that I taught I was one of the only really, truly positive influences they had in their life. And I was like a young, I was 22 when I started teaching, which when I look back, like I was this high school teacher, barely out of college, looked like a student. I remember my first couple of weeks teaching, I would regularly get asked for a hall pass. And I was like, I, but I teach here. I work here. Um, and I mean, I, it's just funny to me when I look back and see, I'm like, I was an infant. Um, but how, and, and I was spiritually immature. I wasn't even a believer at the time, but you know, God was really stirring something in me. And I realized that I had this influence over these kids and how a lot of these kids, I was, you know, one of the only people that might hug them. I might tell them, you know, that I love them, that I believe in them, that I'm proud of them. And to this day, so I haven't taught in, you know, 15, 16 years, many of my students from the two years that I taught still reach out to me and tell me that I was their favorite teacher or that I made the biggest impact on them. Like one uh, girl reached out to me about a year ago and said that she went to pursue her PhD in graphic design because I told her that I believed in her and I thought she could do it. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. and, and I, I mean, that was the most encouraging thing to hear like 15, 16 years later to be like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, I had no idea the kind of influence I had on these kids. But and that was in two years as a teacher. But think about like if you are in a position where you might have influence over kids, like how important this is. And um, so it really is for anybody and not just parents. Right. And let me tell you this, too, just to piggyback on what you were saying, is I became a, a Christian as a teenager through a praying mother, but it was not my mother. Mm. That's the double well. See, I was I was raised in a home where there was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of alcohol. My parents were not believers, a lot of violence in my home and just grew up as a terrified kid. And there was a my best friend lived on the next block and her mother took me under her wing and began to tell me about the heavenly father that loved me, told me about Jesus. Um, I got to see the difference between what a religion in your life looked like compared to a relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. When I watched that family and I would spend the night with them and go to church with them on Sundays. And when I was 14, she sat me down and asked me if I was ready to accept Christ. And I did. I became a Christian, accepted Christ through the prayers of a mom, wow. just not my mom. And um, the cool thing is, well, that was pretty cool. That's cool in itself. Yeah. But the 
the icing on the cake is that three years later, my mother became a Christian. And three years after her, my dad became a Christian. So you see that a praying woman, a praying mom affected a child. And then that affected both of her parents and her entire family coming to Christ. So you are exactly right. This is not just for praying for your own children. It's, It's for grandmamas and aunts. And it's for teachers. As a matter of fact, I want to just say right here, I have something on my website um, that's free. If you go to SharonJanes.com, my last name's kind of wonky. It's J-A-Y-N as in Nancy E-S, but SharonJanes.com. And you at the top, there's a it says free resources. Yeah. And I had put something up there just for the school year, this school year, and it's praying for your child's teacher. <laughs> From head to toe. So it's the same Mm. pattern that we're getting ready to talk about, but it's praying for your child's teacher. So I encourage you to, if you got kids in school, you know, go in there and pray for that teacher. And I'm sure you had people praying for you as um, you were impacting those kids. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, yeah, I will tell you um, the last couple of years, you know, as my kid, my kids are in the thick of elementary school, you know, so we're in the, we're in the bit of the weeds, um, (laughs) but we've been really blessed to have phenomenal teachers that have had such a positive impact um, on our kids' lives. And um, I've been really thankful that a couple of my kids' teachers are believers, which is really cool. And, you know, I mean, I remember one day my my daughter came home and her kind of AIG reading teacher was, I guess, playing some instrumental music in the room while the kids were reading and studying. And it was like instrumental worship music. And so my daughter kind (laughs) of went up to her the teacher's desk and was like, I know those songs. <laughs> the teacher was like, yeah, you do, you know? And uh, so she came up, she was like, mom, my teacher's a Christian, <laughs> which Aww. I just think was, I mean, I realize that maybe that sounds really silly, but. Um, no, it doesn't. I just, I, I think that was really cool. And then actually her teacher was at uh, one of the VBSs she went to this this summer. So she was like, look, that's my teacher, which I just thought was really cool. But yeah, I, I think that it, you know, having the opportunity to pray specifically over your kids and then also over the kid, the people that have great influence in their life is so important. Well, I want to dive into this topic of prayer because for so there's a lot of different schools of thought on it. And especially, you know, people that maybe don't come from a faith background. And I have a lot of people that listen to this show that, um, you know, as much as I talk about my faith, aren't believers and don't come from a faith background. And, and, you know, I love that. And one of the the pushbacks I hear a lot because is, well, prayer doesn't do anything. You know, well, if God, if you're just praying for God's will to be done, and if he's just going to do what he's going to do anyway, then why does it matter? Um, Mm. Which I have my answer for that. I would love to know what your answer for that is, because I'm sure the realm that you've been in, you've heard something similar to that. Oh, sure. Over the years. Absolutely. You know, um, we we do talk about God's sovereignty, that he does what he wants. But, you know, also when God created man, he and male and female, he created them. I want to say when we call it man, but that means mankind. He did something really risky and he gave us choice. Yeah. So uh, sometimes I wish I didn't have choice and I just automatically did (laughs) what what I was supposed to do, but what do have choice. And so our prayers do affect the choices that people make. And um, he set it up. So the way he set it up is that prayer is the conduit to which God's power is released and his will is brought to earth as it is in heaven. And prayer doesn't change God's mind necessarily. It will change the actions of people, the choices Mm. that they make. And, and we have a lot of leeway in the choices that, that we make. And that's one of the, when you go from head to toe, that's actually one of them is the neck praying for what, what turns the head. But, um, but God has set it up that way. Even Jesus prayed. Jesus was God. He was God in human form and he prayed. So we need to be praying too. And God set it up so that we pray and we talk to him and, and it says, um, you do not have because you do not ask. Mm. So he wants us to ask. It's just like we might want something for our children, but we want them to ask. And it's the same way with him. He he set it up so that he wants us to ask. Um, so, you know, we will never understand the 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 teaching of choice and then the sovereignty of God, we want them to to make sense and, and intersect at some point. But those two things, we 
our brains are so human pea brain. We can't figure that out. And I'm not going to try to to give you an answer for that today, because right. if they haven't been able to theologians land on that, I'm not going to be able to do it in a podcast. But But I do know that prayer is something that's set up by God, that we are called to pray, that we are called to not just talk to him, but to listen to him through prayer. And that that's how his will is brought down, as it says in what we've come to call as the Lord's Prayer, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's, it's that's the way it's set up. And I, I want to say this, too. I think that uh, parents, um, if they're Christians or not, when, when they pray and they don't see anything happening, that they think that God is not working, mm-hmm. that their prayers are not working. But Jesus said, my father is always at work always at work. That means that he is always working behind the scenes, whether we see it or not. And he is always working in the meanwhile. And and Joseph is a perfect example of that. I wrote about this in a book that I have called When You Don't Like Your Story. Mm. What if God's worst chapters could become your greatest victories? And Joseph was uh, a young boy who had visions that or dreams that he was going to one day be a ruler and his parents and his brothers, 11 brothers, were going to bow down to him. Well, what happened after that um, was not good. I mean, in our eyes, it was not good. After that, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was a slave in a man named Potiphar's household. And it says while he was a slave, it says, and God was with Joseph. I'm like, hold on, hold the phone there just a minute. It says God was with Joseph, but this story isn't going like Joseph thought it would. But he says it was with him. Then he was accused of attempted rape. He was thrown into prison. And again, it says God was with Joseph while he was in prison. And it was 17 years of all this. And all this time I'm thinking, Joseph, now we know how the story ends, but but Joseph must have been thinking, God, you are not doing anything. You are not doing what you promised. This is not how this story is supposed to go. But then we know that eventually, 17 years later, he gets out, interprets Pharaoh's dream, becomes second in command. So as we look at our prayers and we might think, God is not doing anything. And you're just like, you know, God, throw me a bone here. Show me something. I want to encourage you to to know that God is always working behind the scenes. And one thing I say in the other book is that God will make the pain in our meanwhile worthwhile. Mm. So know that he's always working behind the scenes in ways that we will never know. Another thing I want to mention too, is I want you to think about your own life and think of the times where you grew the most spiritually, or you just grew the most as a person. It was probably during a time of struggle. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Oh, amen to that. (laughs) So as we are praying parents, and we see our child struggling and we're like, but I prayed about that. Listen, as a parent, we don't want those children to not have struggle in their lives because if they don't have struggle, if they have a life of comfort and ease, they will not mature to be the, the godly, strong men and women that God has intended them to be. So we pray for them in that struggle that they will learn the lessons, but don't think for a minute because they're struggling that God's not answering your prayer. He is the potter. We are not. He's the potter, we're the clay. That's what it says in scripture. And man, so many times I wanted to be the potter. Let me be the potter. Yeah. I want to I want to shape this kid into the kind of person I want him to be. But no, God's the potter. I mean, he has given us an, an incredible opportunity for a very short fleeting of time to impact this little human being for 18 years or so. And not only that, but an eternal soul. But the reality is God's the one that's doing the shaping and molding. So don't think because they're struggling, God's not answering your prayer. He will use times of struggle to grow them more than times of comfort and ease. And don't think he's not working because you don't see it because God is always at work, even when we can't see it. Oh, that's right. I I love the way that you you break that down because it is for a lot of people they feel like what you said is that like, well, if if God's not answering my prayers the way I want is really the the in parentheses there, then God's not listening. God's not working. And um, but that, you know, that praying through those times of struggle is you're right. That is where you grow the most. I mean, and I've talked about this actually quite a bit recently on the podcast and like not planned, but just really discussing the benefit of hindsight <laughs> and how in hindsight when you look back on on 
seasons or time periods in your lives um, where you're, where it would just things were really, really hard, how you can see on the other side of that growth, whether it's spiritually or strengthening in a relationship or whatever that, you know, whatever the case may be. And I mean, I, my, I have a couple of, you know, times in my life where there was just really serious brokenness, um, where I was, you know, suicidal. I was at, really at rock bottom. And then, you know, other times of, of kind of battling some anxiety and depression and um, grief. And those time periods were awful. <laughs> uh, zero stars. Do not recommend. But <laughs> on the other side of those times, because I really, really clung uh, by the hem of his garment uh, to Jesus, I grew the most during those periods than I ever have. And I can honestly say that while those times were awful and I don't re recommend them, I'm actually glad that I went through them because on the other side of it, I've been able to, to see what those time periods did for me um, and my walk with the Lord and, and in my marriage and in my friendships. And there was some pruning and it was painful and it was really, really hard. But man, I'm so thankful for it. But I I think about uh, a lot lately because my, you know, my kids are 10 and seven. So they're entering that time of life where there is just, and the struggles right now are little. They're elementary school struggles, the friend drama or, you know, whatever it is. But I think about how hard it is as a parent to watch your kid really struggle with something or battle, um, you know, some anxiety or battle, you know, bad dreams. I mean, just all the little things that and I know that as they age, their problems are going to become, you know, bigger <laughs> compared to their mm -hmm. age and how hard as a parent it is. But then knowing that it's growing me to work with them and pray with them and and kind of help them navigate these challenging seasons. But then I think about like, man, what was it like for God? I'm his kid. And when I was going through these really, really bad situations and I was in these really dark times, like I know that God wept over that and that he wept with me and that he struggled to see me struggle. You know what I mean? I think about that. And uh, yeah, anyway, I don't, I say all that to say is just like, that can be really, really hard for us to wrap our minds around. Um, but when we start to kind of, you know, zoom out a little bit and we see the relationship between us and our Heavenly Father um, in a similar way to the way that we have a relationship with our own kids, I think that that gives us a little bit of perspective. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, and uh, that's why we're going to pray for these landmarks that are going to help us through know what to pray when we're praying for our children, when they're going through struggle and when they're not going through struggle. So um, because sometimes when we pray, we don't know what to pray, right? right. We just don't not know. We know when they're struggling, we say, Lord, help them to learn the lesson. But we're going to go through and, and cover them in prayer as they're going through struggle and when they're not going through struggle. So let's just hit real quickly on this, what those 16 landmarks are. Is that okay? Yes, please. Okay. So we're going to start at the very top. We're going to start praying for the child's mind. And, you know, there's a lot of scripture about the mind and what we think about. And we know that with kids, what they think about is going to determine what they are about. And we tend to, as parents, want to pray about behavior, right? We want right. to pray that they'll have certain behavior and not have certain behavior. But what if we could pray about what their mind, their thoughts that caused the behavior. So we're backing it up and praying for where all that starts by praying what they think about. And again, these are 16 landmarks in a day. I can tell you, it takes me a lot longer to explain them than it does for you to pray them. <laughs> so it really takes about five to seven minutes to go through and pray these, the, the different prayers for each day. So we're going to pray for their mind. We're going to pray what they for their eyes and what they look at. It's a big difference between what they see and what they look at. So you can't control what you see, what comes across your path. You can control what you look at, what you stop and look at. Ears, the same thing. We're going to pray for what they, who and what they listen to. We're going to 
be praying about eyes and ears. And both of these are the portals through which thoughts enter their mind. So we're praying about what they look at, what they listen to. And we know that if they listen to the wrong voice, they're going to make the wrong choice. So it's very important to, to pray about what they listen to. Again, it's different between what they hear and what they listen to. So we're praying about what they listen to. Then we're going to pray for their mouth. We know the word says that the death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we're going to pray for the the words that come out of their mouths. But I want to say here, you know, the old saying, monkey see, monkey do, monkey do the same as you. So as we're praying about the words that they speak, most likely they're going to mimic what they hear their parents doing. So we pray about their words, but also we need to think about our own words. Uh, are we grumbling a lot? Are we complaining? Are we using swear words? Whatever the, the tone of our words, they're going to most likely repeat that themselves. So we're going to pray for those words that that come out of their mouth. We're going to pray for their neck. Now, their neck is the, what, as I've already mentioned, that's what turns the head to the left or the right. And I use that as an example of decisions that they make. So we're going to be praying about their the choices and the decisions that they make. And then we're going to pray for their shoulders, just moving on down. These are their burdens and worries. And you already mentioned that, you know, your elementary age school children, they're already worried. I was talking to my niece's four-year-old daughter. She told me she got a guinea pig. And I said, well, I had a guinea pig when I was your age. And um, then she said, well, what happened to her? Did he die? And she started worrying about her guinea pig dying. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, she's already worrying and she's four years old. And then we know that those those worries change as they grow older with girlfriends and boyfriends and test grades. And am I too small? Am I too big? Am I accepted or rejected? And then they start worrying about their friendships and the opposite sex and now they're worrying about pandemics. I mean, it just goes on and on what kids worry about today. And the stress among kids has just risen just exponentially. And it's really risen a lot since the pandemic. So we're going to pray about their 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 worries. You know, they're going to worry, um, but we're going to pray that they don't know what to do with the worries. It says in, in scripture, for example, one of the days, give all your worries and cares to God because he cares for you. So we're going to pray they'll learn how to do that, to trust in God and not worry. The heart, that's next, who and what they love. Again, we're praying scripture, all straight from scripture, um, 30 different days um, about who and what they love. We're praying for their back. We've just mentioned that. We're praying for their spiritual and uh, physical protection as they grow through their day. So many verses on that about praying for our protection, praying for their protection. Then we're going to pray for their arms. And in the Bible, when we read about the strength of God, so many times it's related to his arms, the strong arm of God. So we're going to be praying for their strength physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We're going to pray for their hands, and that's their gift and talents. Be praying that they'll discover what their unique gifts and talents and abilities are, um, not what we want them to be, but, but what God's you know put in them, and that they'll know what they are and develop and glorify God. We're going to pray for their ring finger, and um, this is praying for their future spouse. And I bet you, you've already started praying for your children's future spouse. I mean, as soon as Stephen was born. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, you know, we, we're going to pray for that. And this is an example of praying for somebody else. We were talking about praying for somebody else's child. We were praying for somebody else's child here. We're praying for that spouse and praying many of the same things we're praying for our child. We're praying for this future spouse as well. Then we're praying for their side. That's their influential relationships, because we know that people we choose to walk side by side with affects our choices and our character and, and our conduct for good or bad. Scripture says bad company corrupts good character. But also, um, you know, they're going to have some friends that are not Christians. And, and that is not a bad thing. Um, I praise the Lord that there was a girl down the street from me who was a Christian who befriended me or I wouldn't have come to Christ. So we're going to be praying for their friends. Then we're going to be praying for their sexuality, and that's their sexual purity, and that they'll embrace the the, um, gender, their God-given gender at birth. So we're going to be praying about that. We're going to be praying for their legs, how they stand on godly principles. Because, you know, in our lifetime, we've seen what was illegal yesterday is now legal, or what was wrong yesterday is now right. So if we are standing on what the culture is telling us is right and wrong, we're really on shaky ground. So we need to see what um, the word of God says is right or wrong, is true or not true, and pray that they stand on um, what the word of God says is true. Then we're going to pray for their knees. That's their relationship with God, that they'll come to know Christ at an early age and live in humility toward God. 
and then their feet. So that's the final one. We're going to pray for the path that they take, the path that they take on any given day and the path that they take throughout life. And again, all these 16 areas, we're not praying what I think about anything. We are just praying what God's word says. So there's a scripture and then a prayer that's praying in God's word there. So like I say, it takes me longer to explain it than it does to do it. Don't let that scare you off. But that's how you know we can cover someone in prayer there. Oh, I love that. I love the way that you break that down. I love the way that you explain it. And um, again, and and this, you know, you've created this kind of formula. I don't want to say formula. That's not the right word. But it's, it's like a pattern. A pattern. Like a pattern. A pattern. Let's call it a pattern. A pattern. You know, when, there you yeah. go. When it's like this, when Jesus' disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, and he gave them what we call the Lord's Prayer today. But I don't think he meant that to be a rote prayer that we just repeat every day. Right. I think it was a pattern, a pattern of prayer. We acknowledge the fatherhood of God, his holiness, his sovereignty. We ask for his will to be done, for our needs to be met, for our sins to be forgiven, and we be protected from temptation. And then we praise him again. So that was the pattern of the Lord's Prayer. So this is just another pattern of prayer. And, you know, when I sit down to pray, my mind wanders. I mean, am I the only one? No, I no, not so, at all. No. <laughs> but my mind will think, oh, I need to call her. Oh, sorry, Lord. I'll get back to prayer. Oh, I need to do this when I finish. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. And, you know, so by having a pattern of prayer, it helps you to stay focused. Nothing magical magical about it. It's just a pattern of prayer to cover someone and to stay focused while you're praying. Yes. I totally am guilty of that where I will sit down and I'll be like going to have my, you know, my quiet time. And then somehow I've ended up into like the recesses of Instagram reels. And I'm like, why am I watching this woman make sourdough bread? I was, I, how did I end up here? (laughs) So we're all guilty of it. And if somebody listening is like, I'm not, I'd be like, well, show me your ways. You're clearly holier than me. Um, Yeah. Cause we all, our minds just tend to wander, but giving us that, that pattern. um, I love that that word uh, really helps us along the way. The other thing that I love that you have talked a lot about, and you alluded to this in your explanation of the, what the power of prayer really does is you talk about how prayer is this means of relinquishing control. And that is a topic that I think is so uh, just timely right now. Um, in fact, my, my friend Sharon, who I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, she wrote a book last year called the the cost of control and how we actually the more that we really just grasp for control in our own lives which we all do I mean many people would be a self-described control freak um, or that there's areas that they just feel like they can't relinquish control how that actually causes more anxiety in us and how that actually gives us more anxiety because we feel like, we are out of control of a thing that we actually can't control and how, um, I mean, you can look at social media or you can look at, you know, all the things of the world when, when we are inundated with bad news around the world that makes us more and more anxious. The reality is, it's like we are, none of that is within our control. We cannot control the war in Ukraine. We cannot control whether a hurricane is coming towards North Carolina. We cannot control if an earthquake is going to take us out. Like there's none of that is anything that we can control. And so, but when we get into our, this, this bit of our brains spiraling out of control or we, we, you know, obsessively, I think Sharon actually used the example of uh, obsessively checking the weather for to like, you know, if there's a birthday party that weekend, she's like, oh, well, what if it's going to rain? And she's just going to obsessively check the weather all week as though that is in any way, shape or form going to be able to control whether the rain is going to ruin the party or not. Um, But it's this, this illusion of control. And so what prayer does is like you said, it it creates this pathway or this um, it's it's a exercise in relinquishing control and letting go of what is what of what is not actually at all within our control and giving Absolutely. it over mm-hmm. to God. And ha- so, I'd love for you to kind of unpack that a little bit because I think that's such an important piece of this. Mm-hmm. I think you just did a beautiful job of doing it yourself. Oh well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> five stars um no, but it is true prayer is a way of, is 
as a means of relinquishing control rather than thinking falsely that we have control. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you unpacked it beautifully yourself. And, and, it, and it is, you know, we, we are not responsible. We can't change, like you say, the weather. And especially if you have a, adult children, you know, you're not a, responsible for your adult children's decisions. And we relinquish control of that. We, we, we let it go. We're trusting in God to do what only God can do. Mm-hmm. And, and we can't do it. It's kind of like, you know, sh- sharing about Jesus with somebody. Let's use that as an example. You can share about it, but there's nothing you're going to say that is going to make someone come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, God is the one that's going to do that. He's going to open the eyes. The Holy Spirit's going to open their hearts. That doesn't mean we don't share about it. Of course we do. But the, the ultimate thing is, you know, we, our responsibility is obedience and God's responsibility is the outcome. Mm-hmm. So we are just relinquishing control. We're doing what he's called us to do and, and he's in control of the outcome. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, if you've ever tried to control your own children, uh, you know, that always goes very well. Uh, my seven-year-old son <laughs> really loves to be told what to do. Uh, he really mm-hmm. loves to have mommy be in control of everything that he does. He's a big fan of it. He's always compliant, always says yes. <laughs> Now, now we need to talk about lying. Let's just talk about telling the truth. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's, I mean, and, you know, one of the things that Sharon always said is like, what every time you try to control something that is not within your control, there's a cost. And so, you know, it might cost you your relationship with your kids, or it might cost you your relationship with your spouse. Um, And so really getting to count that cost of what, what that might look like. And, um, but prayer is such a powerful tool for really just leaning into things with open hands and just saying, Lord, this is in your hands. Here's what I'm praying for right now, but Lord, I know it's in your hands. And the more that you do that, I mean, there's actual scientific studies about the way that your brain and your, your neuron neural pathways begin to become rewired when you are no longer telling yourself a narrative that is not based in reality. And instead, you're continuing to rewire your brain in such a way that it is relinquishing control over to the Lord. I mean, that mm-hmm. there's actual powerful studies that are mm-hmm. done on this um, and how just uh, transformative that is. It is. You know, Romans... Um- 12 two says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. So what you're talking about there, the changing the neurological pathways is if you, if you've never heard this before, it's like, if you, if you have a truck and you're driving down a dirt road and you, every day you're just going down that dirt road, going down that dirt road. And after a while there are ruts in the road and you don't even need to steer the truck. It just mm-hmm. gets in the ruts and goes. And when you're worrying and controlling and all that, if that's your pattern of thought, then that truck's going to get far right in those ruts. And that's the way you're going to live. However, if you renew, you know, you can try to change behavior, but you cannot act differently than you think. Mm-hmm. So that's real key. Write that down. You cannot act differently than you think. So what you're talking about is to change the get off that road with the ruts, have a new road which is not trying to control, you're renewing your mind with the truth, God's in control, and you're forming new neuro- a new road, which is forming a new neurological pathway. That's right. And it's so interesting that, you know, science has discovered this. Well, I honey, know. God wrote it in Romans 12 too. Amen. So isn't it fun that when we think we're so smart and discover <laughs> something, God's got right in the Bible there. Yeah. So yeah, so we can't act differently than you think. Um, you renewing your mind with the truth will change your actions. So mm. oh. as part of why we start this, why we start at the top when we're praying for our children, we're starting at the mind because that's right. so much else follows with those thought patterns, those neurological pathways that are developed by repetitive action and repetitive thinking. Oh, so good. So good. Sharon, this is really powerful. Um, well, I am just like, I, I, as a parent to young kids, Thank you personally for this resource, um, for this book and and your faithful work in it. And um, I'm so excited to go through this and, um, you know, and for it to be something that my husband and I do together. 
in praying for our kids. And like you said, I mean, I, you know, in many ways, there's nothing new under the sun, but the reality is, it's just the, the, the things that our kids are facing today are greater than anything, um, or just, I mean, a different, but in such a magnified because of the internet and social media and all those things like you'd said at the beginning. And so it is so vital that we pray for our kids and, um, pray for the, our kids' friends and, and our, their kids' future spouse. And, you know, the, the kids in our lives that we have influence over. So thank you so much for doing this. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, um, is there any kind of last, you know, words of wisdom that you like to leave people with, or just, you know, if somebody's really kind of struggling in this area, maybe, and you know, prayer is something that they've, an area that they've just been wanting to grow in, but have felt maybe overwhelmed by it. Um, what would you share to to those people? Well, one of the reasons too, I, I wrote this book is for that very reason that prayer for our children can just seem overwhelming. It, it just seems so daunting because right. it's a, a huge responsibility and we want to make sure we're doing it right. right. And listen, there's no right or wrong way to pray. Um, so don't get hung up on that. But um, again, this is just a pattern of prayer that, that'll help you when you feel like, I just don't know how to do it. I don't. And that's that's what the disciples were saying to Jesus that day. Listen, we don't know Jesus how to pray. Just tell us how to do it. So, and that was a pattern. This is a pattern. And I want to encourage you that, you know, there are no perfect parents. And, um, but we can all be praying parents, right? Mm-hmm. We, I'm not going to be perfect, but we can be praying parents to a very perfect God. So I want to encourage you in that. I encourage you not to get up, give up, go back and listen to the middle of this um, of our time together. Yeah. That remember God is always working, even though we can't see it sometimes. Mm, amen. All right, Sharon. Well how can people best connect with you, support you? Obviously go get the book um or you know any of your other uh, 26 books. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but how can yeah. they best support and connect with you? Going to my website's a great start, just SharonJanes.com. And again, my last name's strange. It's J-A-Y-N as in Nancy, E-S, SharonJanes.com. Um, there's the books are on there, uh, but you can just get these books anywhere where you love buying books. Um, that most of them are in other languages such as Spanish, or you can get the ebooks, they're audiobooks, you know, all different ways to get it, whatever way that you like to do that. Also, I do a weekly devotion that goes out on Tuesdays so they can sign up for for that and just tons of freebies on there. There's just a thing at the top says free resources and things that you can print out and download. So that's on there, too. Awesome. And then just the regular Instagram, Facebook. All those places. That, all those places. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not a Snapchatter or a TikToker. Yeah, me but neither. I have those. <laughs> me neither. But I do. I, I'm not a Twitter Twitter either. Um <laughs> Tweeter. I'm not a tweeter. Or now it's go. X or something like that. I'm not that. an Xer. Xer. I'm not an Xer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, come visit me over at SharonChange.com. I'd, I'd love to to chat with my my readers. Oh, thank you so much for your wisdom. Thanks for being here, Sharon. And I just, like I said, I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I would love to know what you loved about this episode, or if there was something that you learned or something that impacted you, would you let us know on social media? You can find me at still being Molly or at can I laugh pod, wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, would you head on over to whatever podcast app you're listening to this on? Would you click the subscribe or follow button and take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review really, really does help me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. Thank you as always for listening and thank you for your support week in and week out. Thank you to the team at Third Wheel Media for producing the show. And for you this week, I hope something makes you laugh till you cry. We'll see you next week. Bye.